0: a Pope MX Network production.
1: Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show
2: on racerxonline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. The 1990 Camel Supercross series began in Anaheim, California, criss-crossing the country several times. A tour of non-stop racing action that spread excitement from coast to coast. Playing to huge crowds in venues that included Las Vegas, the Kingdom in Seattle, Washington, the Astrodome in Houston, Giant Stadium in New Jersey, and the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. The series visited the state of Florida twice and journeyed as far north as Foxborough Stadium in Massachusetts. A spectacular Supercross tour through America. The stadiums are transformed into amphitheaters with technically designed stages molded from 16 million pounds of dirt, treacherous deep ditches, fast high bank corners, and jumps that launch riders more than 80 feet in the air are Supercross racetrack standards. They challenge the athlete to excel against not only his opponents, but also against his environment. The actors on this stage look like armored knights ready for battle. These men are some of the most talented, physically fit athletes in the world. Supercross is truly a unique sport. A combination of a rider and a motorcycle on a grueling racetrack at speeds considered unsafe by normal people in normal conditions. But supercross athletes are anything but normal. The sport of supercross demands an athlete cut from a different mold. An athlete that must be willing to put in thousands of long hours of practice on top of a hard-hitting, high-powered machine. He must be willing to accept the hours of painful lessons that both the bike and the course will teach him. Lessons that become brutally important in the heat of the race. For an amateur seeking a professional career, training begins at an early age for riders
3: like welcome everybody to the Racer x uh, podcast with thanks to the folks at fly racing for making it happen. Alpine star protects as well that is. Throttle for the gold 1990 Supercross series recap. Uh, it's a favorite of mine on uh, YouTube. Please check it out. We are going to do the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects uh, about the 1990. Supercross season and all the subplots that uh, it involved—good, bad, ugly. We've we've also talked to some of the guys directly involved in that series, and we will talk to them as well. And uh, it's really interesting time. It'll be a fun little podcast. And uh, so thanks everybody for joining us. Flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. The official gear of the Stank Dog. That's all you need to know. It's the official gear of the Stank Dog and Alpine Star protects as well. They got a whole line of uh, products that go underneath the uh, uh, gear, underneath the pants, underneath the jersey over top with the chest protectors, neck braces, uh, knee braces, and all sorts of things like that. It's a fantastic bunch of guys at Alpine Stars, and they got that whole line of protection products. And, uh, and also, two Stank Dog wears Alpine Stars, so that's all you need. Fly Alpine Stars, Stank Dog. That's it. Uh, with me to discuss the 1990 Supercross series in all of its glory, it's uh, the other. Super fan on RacerX online staff, Jason Wagon. What's up? Please? Yeah,
0: yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I've waited my whole life. This is huge. I was twelve years old. I've been thinking about this moment, finding someone to actually discuss this season with. Yeah, uh, for twenty-seven years now.
3: It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, also, uh, so you look at it, it uh, it went all over. Um, it, it, it covered every range, it, it subplot in in Supercross season. I mean, look, this past year, twenty uh, seventeen. It was great. Uh, 2007 with Carmichael was great. Um, and Chad and RV and James, those were, those years were great also. Um, so this isn't the greatest points battle, we've ever seen. That's not why we like it.
0: Yeah, it's not the closest down-to-the-wire nail-biting season ever, although it did go down-to-the-wire, but it wasn't the closest. But I feel it was the best. Uh, as far as depth of field and crazy things happening and changing weekly uh, and good racing, I think it, it was the best. I know that 85 and those those super training era series, you could argue that they had more depth. But, um, dude, a lot of those races yeah. were boring. They were boring races. <laughs> like, one week, LeShun would just get the whole shot and win, and then next week he get 10th place, start, and finish 10th. This mm-hmm. racing was nuts. This
3: year. It really was. So, to set the stage a little bit, so Stanton went okay. RJ's the man in '89. I mean, he rips off five in a row, and I was at two of those as a youngster. Uh, He was not to be beaten and would have known, no doubt, won the '89 uh, supercross title, probably the '89 250s. And probably the 89-500s, although who knows along the way. But for sure, R.J. was the man. Uh, Danny Storbeck lands on his wrist at Gainesville, breaks it, and R.J. is simply never the same. But uh, we don't know that coming into 1990. Jeff Stanton, who was uh, snatched away from Yamaha uh, for 89, came on and got his first win in Atlanta. And kept on rolling through the whole rest of the season. Uh, Dogger won a couple, Wardy won a bunch, but uh, Stanton proved to be the man. He won uh, 89 250 Supercross and Motocross Championship. So coming into '90, Stanton had the number one plate, but uh, we—I mean, at the time, myself, you're like, "Well, Rick Johnson's just going to start winning again." I mean, that's really yeah, how I thought.
0: We did not realize that there was this epic changing of the guard coming because Johnson and his main nemesis, Ward, Ward was also hurt at the beginning of 89, were back and supposedly healthy for 90. And you were so used to Johnson and Ward being the two top guys, you could not possibly think that they were not going to be again. And Stanton, you were pretty sure, I mean, he won the title, you were pretty sure he'd be a contender, obviously. But what no one realizes is that this crazy changing of the garbage, all these dudes graduating from the 125s who would be awesome as rookies, uh, I don't think anyone saw that, so it was a real combination or a clash of eras yep. um, altogether. And mostly because Johnson and Ward weren't as dominant as they were, Stanton was right in the middle, and then all these other guys you didn't think were going to be good turned out to be awesome.
3: And Johnny O'Mara switched from Suzuki to Cowie, and we, yep. we, you know, we're like, hey, he's on a Cowie. Suzuki's were kind of not the greatest, so we're okay. We're like, okay, all right, like yeah. Osho could be back. You, you know, you really don't know. Um, there was a guy named Jean Michel Bale. That was coming over, but we saw him win Gainesville, but he won the world title in 89. But, again, that doesn't mean anything in in this era that you're going to have success. Winning a European Grand Prix championship didn't mean much in the eyes of many, although Bale won a couple of nationals, so you knew he was going to be legit. Um,
0: He was better than anyone expected.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, Kudrowski won the 89-125 East Series and moved up uh, on a 250s. Damon Bradshaw... Uh, finished right behind Kyrdowski, uh in the Nationals and won Supercross. Uh, did I say Kardowski won? No, yeah, Bradshaw won. Um, so Bradshaw moved up. Uh, Jeff Chicken Matasevich, two-time 125 West Coast champ. He moves up to be teammates with Wardy uh, and Osho uh, on the big bike. And uh, Wygant, it's funny. Like, Bradshaw, one year and out. Chicken, two years and out. Oh, what a time, Wy- Wygant. What a time.
0: It's weird when you – I mean, guys move up, you know, one or two every year. Like, that's a normal thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what these teams were thinking where they just went insane and moved everybody up in one year. I think there were, like, six rookies. Like, what? why did Suzuki move up both LaRocco and Larry Ward in the same year? They moved them both up. Bradshaw raced a solid one season in the 125. He's good. Move him up. Yeah. Kudrowski was a nobody three-digit number. He races one year in the 125s. Honda, move him up. I don't know why they were doing this. Mitasovic was the only one I think you could say was due, like he had won two titles in a row. Yep, yep. So why they moved all these dudes up. Larry Ward, one good year for Honda. Move him up. (laughs) I, I don't know what was going on. Sadly, this probably falls right in your wheelhouse. This is well, probably what you're wishing for. I didn't,
3: I didn't want to bring it up, but uh, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, this is my dream. I mean, teams were like, yeah, I don't want to stay down there. And as a matter of fact, uh, we talked to Damon Bradshaw for this pod, and I asked Damon, like, why did you want to move up? Why did you want to do it? Why did you want to, you know, get out of the class? And uh, so let's hear from Damon and uh, find out sort of his motivation for wanting to move up and uh, and getting in, out of that class.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to ride him any longer than I had to because I figured uh, my life expectancy would be a lot less if I continued to ride him.
3: Yeah, we, so you just hear him. like He's just like, yeah, it's time. Uh, he wanted to get out, he said, uh, to save himself from the chaos, basically, of 125s.
0: So... Of all people. <laughs> right, right. You, you're the cause of most of the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> what do you... Are you talking about. I know. You know what I always wonder, he doesn't reference it here, but I always here's something I think was a contributing factor. Um, Yamaha had, had a couple of really bad years. They were having zero success. Uh it had probably been what four or five years since they had anything really going consistently in the yeah, 250
3: class. Yeah, Glover probably, you know, like yeah, yeah. It's been tough.
0: Yeah. Glover snuck in that one win at the end of 88, but Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Johnson left for 86, 86, 87. I don't think they won any races. They got one win in 88. So I always just felt that Yamaha was like, we've got them. Just, we can't wait. We can't wait. Just move them up. We're finally going to be good again. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Uh, maybe that's not true, but Honda didn't really ever seem super interested in the 125 class, so that's probably why they didn't, in 125, super cross. So I think that's yep. why they moved Kodowski up. Yep, yep. And uh, MXA, I remember them saying, Suzuki was paying O'Mara a ton of money, so once he left, they just had a ton of money left over, so they just got Ward and Morocco because, ah, why not? Yeah. We got cash.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, it's an interesting time. And um, so Bradshaw is 17. Yes. He's 17 right now, and he is a full-blown rookie in the 250 class. He had won uh, Osaka in uh, 88, the end of 88, and in 89, he did – he moonlit in 89 – on the he G50s. raced San Diego
0: Supercross in '89, so he is 16 years old. This yep. is, yep. So he had been a class at Loretta's in August. Mm-hmm. In January of the next year, he races the premier class, leads about half of the main event, <laughs> gets a and, third, and, right, and, and settles for a solid third place.
3: Right, right. This is
0: <laughs> wait. This would be Austin Forkner two years ago podiuming round three on a 450. Yeah, that would be yeah. that level.
3: Yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. And think about that, folks. Back then, like, just think about how much that would have took everybody by storm and just been like, minds blown, right? Just that's it.
4: I got to
0: ask R.J. one of these days. R.J. when he passed him, by the way, in '89 in San Diego, R.J. throws in a little extra break check. Like, know your role, kid. I really feel like that's where it was because these dudes, Bradshaw was so aggressive and like disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But there was like heat already building between sixteen-year-old and like men, and then ninety didn't make it any better.
3: Yeah, no, no, not at all. So Bradshaw, JMB, Stanton, Jeff Ward, Johnny O, Chicken, Larry Ward, uh, Kudrowski, Guy Cooper is all over throttle for the gold. If you yeah. want to watch it, Guy Cooper yeah. is all over it. But yet they never talk to him, and he never gets a race win. But he's Damn. all over it, Coop. Yeah. Um, yeah, think about that. Cooper's a guy that you know, he must have probably led I don't know, twenty, thirty laps that year. You know, without without yep. without without really having anything to show for it. So sure. I talked to Damon about his preseason nineteen ninety outlook and if he really thought that he could do some damage.
1: No, and I really wasn't thinking about that at all. I mean obviously it was early on and and even coming into that year, I it was probably one of the I don't know, more positive times coming into any season because there really wasn't anything expected of me. You know what I mean? I just come off of 125. I'm going to race with the big boys and anything that I could do was going to be better than what I had done in the past because I'd never raced that series or even raced against some of those guys. So I just came in almost like you would say with a whiskey nilly attitude. I'm just going to go out there and Ride the way I know how to ride, and and see what happens. And then after you know I win the first one, well, okay, that could be a fluke, and you know win the second one, and then I'm like, well, man, I, I I I'm a I'm a player, you know. And so again, just with confidence and good bikes and good people, things are just rolling, you know. And then unfortunately in San Diego, just had one you know one freak mess up, and it
3: cost you. Anaheim one comes and. Bradshaw, he crashes in the heat, he crashes in the semi, he said he crashed in practice, he, he goes to the LCQ, he wins it, he is the last gate pick on the outside for the opening <laughs> round of Supercross.
0: Don't forget the heat race crash was, he was out of control in the whoops, but he wasn't going to just crash, oh no. While going down, he had the presence of mind to <laughs> aim his crashing motorcycle into Matasevich's head.
3: <laughs> Strangely though. Neither one is upset about this. Like, they have a massive battle coming in the later years. But when you bring up that throwing the bike into Bradshaw's head, in Chicken's head, Chicken is not upset about it. And Bradshaw's like, I didn't mean to do that. Like, that one one was fine.
0: Okay, sorry. It was just a crash. And it was just incidental. Right,
3: right. And they both understood, like, what it was. So, uh 1990 comes, Bradshaw gets the whole shot from the outside, and Weege, he hits the berm, probably in fourth, tapped, and he is either pulling the whole shot or it is going to be a disaster.
0: Yeah, the other dudes, um, it's literally him on the outside and 19 guys on the inside. <laughs> He's going to get taken out by 19 dudes. Like, everybody drifts wide, and there he is. Yeah. And he makes it out. By like, yeah. Seriously, what? Not even a bike length gap between him and the field?
3: Yeah, yeah, probably not. Probably not. He came yeah. so close. They on game throttle for the gold. They uh, they zoom in on it, and he just squeaks by. <laughs> and he goes on to win his first uh, AMA Supercross. Uh, gets on, un- he's untouched the rest of the way. And uh, no, no, no. There was a battle. Oh, there, there was. was I thought he just took off.
0: No, Matasovic actually passed him, and then he sat behind him for a while. Then he okay. gets him back. And I, from reading about that race and talking to guys about that race, I feel like everyone in the building was like, all right, let the, these two kids battle. Mm-hmm. And where's Johnson and Ward and Stanton? Where are they at? Yeah. Uh, ha- and then it just never happened. Yeah. Like yeah. they never caught them. Uh, and uh, Bradshaw went on to repass him. And then JMB, at J- the latter, last couple laps, sneaks in there and passes Matasevich for second. So the podium ends up being Bradshaw, JMB, and Matasevich. There was no way. Anybody was was betting on that? No, no chance. No Ward, no Johnson, no Stanton in the, on podium.
3: A little bit like Stank and Ronnie Mac. That's right, rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Ward is fourth. RJ is sixth. Defending champion is seventh. Um, Omera tenth. Coop sixteenth. Kradowski, who was uh, you know now again a full time guy, fifteenth for Kradowski. So yeah, lots of uh, lots of weird things going on in the opening round, and. I asked Bradshaw about the win and how big it was for him, and uh, so let's listen to that right now and listen to Damon talk about this Anaheim one win in 1990.
1: If I remember it right, um, I went through every qualifier, every semi, mm-hmm. whatever they were called back then, to get to the main event because I, I, I felt I was, I had fell down a few times, so I had to ride the last chance to get to the main mm-hmm. event, which put me all the way on the outside. Cause I, and I could have went on the inside, but I just, I just chose to go to the outside, and I was going to use that berm. I don't know if you remember seeing the video oh, yeah. where I railed oh, yeah. the outside. So that was, you know, going in, again, it was like I've ridden every race to get to this plus practice. I was halfway wore out anyways getting there, not only with the hype of my first, you know, 250 Supercross. I go, I have nothing to lose. I really don't. You know, if I go out and crash, well, that's probably expected. It's definitely not expected for me to win. So, really, I just went in with an open mind and said, I'm going to go for it. And, you know, the start ended up working for me. And, and uh, you know, I was able to hold on. I mean, I remember the last several laps, I was starting to get pretty sloppy. You know, mm-hmm. I had it in so many damn laps on that track. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just like, wow. You know, and it set in later on, you know, after the race is over. And it's like, I really I really can't believe you know, what happened just happened. And it was kind of the same way of even going to the second one, you know, and Ricky Johnson made a comment to me when I won my first Supercross in Japan, uh, in, in Osaka in end of 88. So I had just barely, you know, I was 16 in July and then rode the last couple nationals mm-hmm. and then went there and won that. And I remember standing on the podium with him. And I've probably said this in interviews or magazines before, but he says, uh, he says, you know, he goes, you fucked up now. And I go, and I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, because from now on, when you don't win, everybody's going to want to know what happened. Mm-hmm. And it was a true statement because that is exactly, I mean, that's just the way it is. It's the way it was forever. You know, whether it was calling home to tell a friend or tell family or tell whatever, if you didn't win, because it was, it got to where it was expected. Well, what happened? Well, you know what? Just what might not, type thing. So, that was a, it was a true statement that I've never forgot.
3: So basically, you know, he, he says, like, it was no pressure. Nobody thought anything about him. He was just this kid, and that helped him, as he alluded to pressure affecting him later on, i.e., a few years later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know? It, it's weird, though, because you didn't, he was so aggressive and take no prisoners and no respect for anyone else, and I'm here to take everybody's paychecks and all that. I don't think anyone would have figured that pressure would affect him. I mean, it just seemed like he was so cold-blooded and disrespectful to everybody else. So it's, it's surprising, yeah. actually, to, to hear that that was a, a factor. I just thought he won because he was so cocky that he's like, yeah, of course I'm going to beat these guys.
3: <laughs> right? Yeah, no problem. It'll be, it'll be easy. Um, yeah, um, yeah it was, it, it, I'm with you. You're always like, oh, okay, all right. Like, geez, you're Dan Bradshaw. But, yeah, yeah. It, it really showed. Um, yep. The next week, Houston, so Bradshaw wins. The next week, they go to Houston. And uh, Bradshaw wins again. He wins again, two in a row. Uh, Larry Ward second. Edward. And Larry will figure out uh, we'll, we'll hear about him shortly. Uh, Johnny O. third, so the, the veteran guy still has something left. Uh, LaRocco fourth, Stanton with a fifth, defending champion. F- he's gone seven, five, and uh, Chicken gets a ninth. and Wardy gets a 12th. Now, um, early season, you know, again, we like you said, Wardy had that an- Wardy had ankle problems, it seemed like for eight years. Yeah. But uh he had some problems uh early in the nineteen ninety season and uh that I asked Jeff Ward about his early season problems and uh how he kinda was up and down a little bit and um let's listen to that now.
5: If I remember I, I mean I you know if Chicken was I I just wasn't getting good starts. Yep. You know, for whatever reason. I just remember, you know, Chicken hole shotting all the time and <laughs> Yeah. And I just always you know, and he was always in the front battling and I'd maybe catch him. Towards the end, or he, you know, definitely beat me. But um, just I remember, I just couldn't get my start. I don't know if it was the bike, yeah, that uh, you know just wasn't getting me out of the gate, or the power band, or something. I was just struggling that year with, uh, right, you know, with uh, getting out of the gate. So who knows what it was? Yeah.
3: All right, there we go. Yeah. So Wardy, Wardy's memories, like whatever could not quite remember what was going on, but um
0: uh, well he alludes to in some of the uh, conversations having them that his starts were just bad and they were at those first two races um he had a few good starts all year like literally only a few races yeah. where he didn't get a bad start so that was weird yeah, now, yeah. normally boardy was great it was good good starter
3: yep yeah, no, absolutely. And it was funny because uh brand new bike in nineteen ninety for Cowie. And so some of I remember the the time the media was like, Well, maybe it's the bike or whatever else. Yep. And Chicken is still not sure that he's riding that perimeter frame bike, maybe to this day. <laughs> I don't know. But they uh they were really helping each other a lot at the Cowie track. And um although as you'll hear, Chicken uh doesn't quite get the uh the order of teammates right in this, but uh we love him anyways. Let's listen to Wardy on Chicken and then Chicken talking about uh riding with Wardy and how much Wardy helped him right now.
6: Wardy's just awesome. I I mean I, I mean every day I spent with Wardy, he uh he took me under his wing. Um I owe that guy everything. I mean, he's great, you know. Um he was sort of on his way out. I was, you know, coming in on my way up. So I wasn't really a threat to him. So, you know, he took me under his wing and uh, we spent a lot of hours at that Kelly track pounding out laps, you know. Funny, huh? He, uh, chicken drops
3: Ronnie in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ronnie's hurt. Ronnie's no longer Ronnie, racing. All right, Ronnie, Ronnie's gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, it, hey, it really sounded like Wardy took him under his wing a little bit, and Chicken gives him all the credit for it. You know, that's cool. So, oh, You'd
0: figure those two would get along. I mean, <laughs> similar personalities.
3: <laughs> How about if you're Wardy and you are going, first Ronnie, and now I'm stuck with this guy, and now I'm stuck <laughs> with this guy? Like, what did I do? What did I do?
0: Mr. I rode 83 days in a row. Versus Lachine, who would have, wouldn't Lachine pay somebody else to go put hours on his bike so he could prove to the team he actually practiced?
3: Maybe, maybe. I didn't hear that. like
0: that. And um, Chicken, who, it sounds like Chicken was, you know, putting in some work this particular year. But in general, I don't think the serious program was necessarily Chicken's specialty.
3: No, no, I agree. So Bradshaw's won two in a row. Well, I'm wondering,
0: let's put ourselves in a time machine here. Yeah. Stanton sucks, basically, in the first two races. RJ sucks in the first two races. Wardy doesn't get good results. There's no podiums for any of them in the first two rounds. Bradshaw blows everybody's doors off. What are people thinking? I mean, if we could go back to where we are now, we have social media and comments and, and Vital and your shows, people would be freaking out, correct?
3: Um, yeah, I would absolutely think so. I would. Bradshaw's
0: eighteen yeah. yep. years old, yep. and RJ's nowhere near the podium.
3: Um, yeah, absolutely. By the way, too, Bale hurts himself in Houston and misses Houston and San Diego the next week, which comes into play later. But
0: yeah, he's done. He uh, will not be a factor. He, he
3: will not be a. It's a you European. You cannot miss
0: two races. There's no chance he's no.
3: getting in this title. Nope, absolutely. No, absolutely. You can't. Uh, yep. You can't do it. Um, no, I agree. Like RJ is not himself right now. He's he, 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 if you compare uh, ninety RJ to eighty nine RJ, the fact that he had those results early in the first two uh, races already tells you that something's up.
0: I just cannot imagine what an unbelievable sensation Bradshaw would be doing this um, if this were happening now, where there's all these other ways to get
3: hype. Right? Has to be, has to be just in, insane. Just yeah. nuts. Yep. Um, so, okay. Uh, next week, San Diego. And Weege, Bradshaw's going to do it again.
0: Oh yeah, he's, he's going to do he it just again. Blows past everybody, takes the lead, pulling away. Going to win three in a row. No one has anything for him. This is over. Stamp it. Done. Yeah,
3: yeah, done. Um, and he has a good one uh, coming out of a corner. Right hander gets sideways, traps his foot between his bike and the jump, and 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 that's it. Like, he, he doesn't finish. He tries – I guess he gets up. He tries tries to keep riding, and Cycle News said it's just pain Pain was too much. And uh, and so round three in San Diego, Bradshaw is out of the race. Stanton goes on to win. Chicken gets second. Kudrowski gets third. Larry Ward fourth. And uh, LaRocco fifth. So um, out of all those guys, it's kind of all the kids again. O'Mara is the first veteran in sixth. Although Stanton kind of bridged that gap. Stanton bridged it a little bit. But uh, 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 O'Mara was sixth, uh, Johnson eighth, uh, Ward 15th.
0: Yeah, and I remember watching um, the shows at that time, and you mentioned Stanton was kind of bridging the gap. Mm-hmm. It was difficult because there was this narrative they were running all year of the rookies versus the veterans, the Bradshaw, yes. Chicken, Larry Ward, Kodrowski, LaRocco guys. And we haven't mentioned LaRocco yet, but later in the year he gets very good as well. And it was like them against Warden Johnson, but they didn't know how to classify Stanton because they keep calling him one of the veterans. Yeah. But he was, I think, 21. And <laughs> at this point, one year earlier, he had not even won a Supercross race at this point in his life. So, but, you know, it probably doesn't help that Stanton never looked like a kid ever.
3: No, that's a good point. He, act, he didn't act like a kid, you know? But 15-year-old Stanton,
0: he's like a 30-year-old guy still.
3: He's, he's, got, he's got stubble.
0: Uh, I think so. So that helped define this kids against the old guys uh, dynamic that was going on all year. And Stan yeah. somehow leaves yeah. San Diego with the points lead. Yeah. Despite yeah. sucking at the first two races.
3: Yeah, goes seven f- seven five one, and uh, and leads San Diego the points race, the points lead. And uh, I talked to him. I talked to six time about his uh, early season uh, struggles in 1990. Let's hear him now talk about that.
4: I remember it being a, a little bit of a slow start because, you know, well, I, you know, I'll say the young guns, like you said, Matasovic and Bradshaw, they came out, came out blazing. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't, it's not like I was that far behind, but, you know, I yep. wasn't right there with them. And then, uh, San Diego, if I recall, Damon had a, had a big crash, hurt his ankle. He mm-hmm. was leading at the time, and, and, uh, something happened to Chicken, and I ended up getting, getting fir- my first win there. So, It was just, you know, kind of a consistency deal, and as the season progressed, I gained momentum and and, Mm -hmm. and kept driving with it.
3: Funny how time time passes. We and and, you know you have less of a panic. Like Stanton already knows what happened at the end, so it's all good. (laughs) It's all good. You know. Um, Yeah, good point. You know, there there had
0: to be some panicky uh, moments.
3: Yep. No, absolutely. Um, So, okay, the next week.
0: They go to Seattle, and just when you think that Stanton's going to take over, he gets another lowly non-factor sixth.
3: Oh, by the way, I so- should mention, by the way, we, we missed something. In San Diego, Rollerball was seriously hurt bad. and oh. And, oh. and he cracked the pelvis. Uh, it was ugly. It was over a jump, over a triple jump. So Rollerball really jacked himself up.
0: I, I was not aware of Rollerball's role in the 90s.
3: Well, there wasn't a lot of role, but he... It wasn't good. So anyway, so F, uh, you know, FYI, Rollerball's out at this point. So, um, so Seattle ninety, Larry Ward wins it.
0: couldn't, oh, couldn't get in touch. One of the most me. epic races ever.
3: Absolutely, it's great, and you can see the track deteriorating and, and and falling apart and everything else. It's great.
0: Well, I had all this stuff going for it. Um, Larry Ward, I don't think was anyone was expecting him to be this good this soon. You know, he got that second at round two. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie. And uh, I think he wins his heat race. So, you know, he's from Seattle area. And that building is ridiculously loud. You worked in that building, right? You, you yep. Yep. Yeah. The, the Kingdom was insane loud, right?
3: Yeah, it was. It was nuts. And I was there when Larry won his second race there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah just shut the building down. That's right. Um, so I think you could, you could tell the crowd had, like, this sense of, this kid we didn't expect to be this good this soon. Oh, my God, he could win tonight. <laughs> um, and... Just to add to that drama, he and Matasevich get into a classic 1990s block pass, block pass ram fest while battling for the lead. Yep, and the crowd is going bazonkers during this.
3: Yeah, it's a little bit of a slowdown, a little slow race, they're looking over at each other. Um, and these kids are—this is what these kids are doing to start the '90 season. You know what I mean? This is what, what's happening. Um, they're taking the, the vets by storm a little bit, and uh, RJ gets fourth. Cooper fifth, Stanton sixth, Tishner gets third. And we didn't. We probably won't talk about Tishner much. He's very underrated, but he's one of the kids at this point also. Um, this might be his first year in uh, – I know 89 was his first year in the big bike class. But, um, again, so Bale comes back too, by the way, for Seattle, gets seventh. Um, Larry
0: Ward winning that. It's so weird when you go back and watch this race. And I think these are all on YouTube if folks want to check it out. Yeah. Somehow, Chicken and, and Larry Ward are basically stopping. They spend a whole lap just stopping almost in every corner, <laughs> cutting underneath each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my buddies pointed this out. He's like, Titcher's in third and somehow not closing. Like, he's the same gap back, even though they're stopping <laughs> in corners. It's like this magical, mythical, no one can catch them yeah. while they are literally stopping in corners, cutting each other off. And, and then eventually, Matasso just rams the shit out of them. And the crowd starts booing insane, and then Larry Ward passes them back and pulls away, and the place goes nuts. Yep. It's, it's amazing.
3: It, it's, it's incredible. It really is. And,
0: well, I just highlight all this because the aggressive block pass riding takeouts, they was hitting its like all-time zenith, I think, at this era.
3: Yep, yep, absolutely. It's the start of it. It's the start of it is what it is. Um, yeah. And um, so I talked to Wardy on these kids, and I also talked to Stanton. On these kids, although Stanton wasn't one of them, but when I talk about kids, I mean Larry and Chicken and Bradshaw, although he missed this race, and all these kids. Let's listen to first uh, Jeff Ward and then uh, uh, Jeff Stanton on what kind of they were thinking about when they saw these kids and what they were doing and, and all of that. It's uh, it's funny stuff.
4: Yeah, but
5: we, you know, we were kind of like, that's cool, they're doing it to themselves because they were the faster guys out there. <laughs> right. So it was like and you saw Chicken and Bradshaw up front, you went, like, cool. You know, they're going to hit each other and knock each other down. Or, uh, you know, one was out there without the other. Then you were like, oh, shoot, this guy's going to run away. But they were both there. Then, uh, you know, there were going to be some T-bones and you were going to get one of the guys because he going to be laying on the ground. You know, if, if we were in there, you know, slamming and doing something, they'd be coming after us. But it just seemed like never, uh, you know, really, really happened like that. And I think... You know, I think they respected, you know, the older guys and got past champions a little more than, you know, they maybe uh, maybe said they did, but they, we certainly didn't get, you know, T-boned and in fights with them. You know, I, I may have gotten to Bradshaw one time during the year, I don't even know if it was that year or the year after. I think it was more because he took out Chicken or something. You know, right. I got involved somehow. So, <laughs> like, you know, I was throwing a fist at him and Fisher grabbed me. My He was on Cowies and... Because he said something to me, you know, and I just went over there to kind of settle the fight. You know, he's after me.
4: They did show me some respect, and 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 honestly, you know, I think that's part of the problem with today's, the last couple of years and today's today's guys is uh, you've got to study who you're riding with and and know what they're going to do. You know, you know who you can battle with and and who you 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 got to let go into the turn or, or they'll take you out. And so. Um, not not knocking on my door, but I think I was smart in 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 many in many aspects in that way. I knew that Damon Bradshaw and I, I don't care where it was, Supercross, outdoor, anywhere, we could battle. I had the respect for him that he wasn't going to take me out, and he had the respect for me that I wasn't going to take him out because that, no, that's not what either one of us wanted to do. We wanted to win, do the best we could, and then there was guys like Chicken yeah, that you knew you couldn't you you know you couldn't go into the turn with him because he 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 wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to let up. So you just, Hey, give him the space let and, you know, plan it out a couple of turns down, down the way. So, and I think, you know, a lot of guys, you know, they'll take somebody out, but they're not looking as a redemption in the next couple of turns and, and it happens. You got you to be smarter than that yeah. and, and study it. And so, I try tried, tried not to put myself in bad positions, and you don't win titles by putting yourself in bad positions, by making stupid mistakes, by taking each other out and getting in a fist against your people.
3: Yeah, so like the wise old vets, uh, they are, they're just like, look at these guys. Look at these kids, you know? Just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and I wonder, like you said, now they have the legacy and the luxury, I should say, of time. Yep. Oh, they're gonna blow each other up, they're gonna take each other out, they're gonna get hurt, they're gonna be inconsistent. I don't I, I will always wonder if those were really the thoughts yeah. after round four when three of the four races went to rookies with right? Ward and, and Bradshaw. Were yeah. they really that comical cool collected or were they like, Oh shit?
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and by the way, after Seattle, uh Chicken now has the points lead. Jeff Matasevich has the points lead uh over Larry Ward. Uh, yeah. going into Atlanta. So I two asked, rookies. I asked, two rookies, one, two in points. Yep. Yep. No, that happens all the time, right? No problem. Yeah. Um, and I talked to chicken about having the points lead and, uh, and everything else uh, that regards to, uh, you know, sort of the pressure and being a rookie and, uh, and holding it here. So let's listen to chicken. Who's uh who's comical by the way, love, loves chicken. So let's get into that.
6: No, I didn't feel the pressure towards the end. It's just, uh, I, you know, everybody and their mother want us to tell you, you know, uh, what to do and how to do it and uh it's not so much pressure i just had one really bad race at back in new york or something foxborough or something foxboro
3: uh, foxborough you went ninth and san jose you got 10th Two bad yeah two two bad races near the end well san
6: jose i uh, got 10th yeah
3: wow um what happened there all right, so thanks to uh, thanks to Jeff for that. He, uh, you know, he kind of just riding around. He didn't really expect too much of it, you know what I mean, and uh, didn't really think about the points lead a little bit. So, and that'll come, that'll play into, that'll come into play later on in this podcast. Um, Atlanta, nineteen ninety. The oh, next good week, Lord.
4: sweet Jesus.
3: Oh my God! You people want to watch a race? You want to watch a race? And er- Eric Johnson did a whole feature on it for RaceRex Magazine as well. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start. Well, Warty wins it, but holy smokes.
0: I think it's two things. To me, it's the best race ever. I know that the Anaheim 86 gets built up um, a great one-on-one battle uh, between Johnson and Bailey, but to me, Atlanta 1990 is the best race ever, and it's also the race that all Supercross races aspire to be. A great one-on-one battle is awesome, mm-hmm. and we've gotten some of those through the years. But the ultimate goal of any fan, any season, every year, is that you would have this race where there are like 12 dudes with a realistic chance to win, and they all lead laps, Mm -hmm. and they pass each other back and forth. I've watched this race 9,000 times (laughs) trying to figure out what was the formula on this night that no other Supercross race could have. Was it the track? Was it the weather? It was always super cold in Atlanta because they did it in February. It was an open stadium. I don't know what the hell it was. But this race, there's no other Supercross race like it. Like I said, I think there were 12 guys that legitimately could have won. And I don't mean before the gate dropped, the announcer said that to hype it up. I mean, during the race, like 12 different guys led at different points. Yeah. It
3: was insane. Yeah, no, it was nuts. Uh, Wardy passed Cooper on the last lap. RJ looked like he was going to win it, you know. And, yep. and one of the things that RJ's talked about now in, you know, in recent years about his wrist injury was softer dirt helped it. This was certainly softer dirt, you know what I mean? So maybe it was that. Uh, it was Cooper's birthday, Guy Cooper's birthday, and he got passed on the last lap, which just signifies everything about Guy Cooper, I think, in his yeah. career. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep, yep. Um, And And Bradshaw looked probably maybe he was back and, and feeling better about his ankle. Um, well, actually, let's listen to Bradshaw before we get into Atlanta 90. I wanted to figure out, like, what was up with your ankle? Like, what was the problem? Because in throttle for the goal, they just said he, they showed him in a cooler. Soaking in the cooler, that was it um, they kept bringing him back uh
0: he actually you know he crashed out of San Diego and then he races um Seattle, yep, and he finishes last, but not because of the ankle he actually they weren't so smart with track design back then, they just have a huge double out of the first turn, just like that Anaheim start that he had where they hit a huge double at Mach twelve out of turn one yeah uh the Seattle race same thing, huge double right out of turn one, Everybody side by side. And he gets tangled up with a privateer, this guy, Kerry Mulligan. I remember them pointing it out on the TV show. Bradshaw goes down in the first turn, like, from 30 feet in the air. Um, but he kept showing up at the races, even yeah. though he was supposedly hurt. Like, they couldn't figure it out.
3: Yep. And, uh, and I talked to him about it, and I asked him about it. He doesn't have great memory of the specific example of what it was. But it was his ankle, and it affected him for a long time. So let's listen to Bradshaw talk about his, uh, his ankle injury.
1: I honestly don't know what I did, I mean, it was not a, it was not a sprain and I, I, I can't really remember what bone it was or what I actually broke. Um, But I think it was something that wasn't like, like you couldn't walk on it. It was just something that riding and, and it would swell up. That was the big thing was Mm -hmm. every time I tried to ride, you know, it would swell up. So we'd come in and cram in the cooler, but I honestly don't remember exactly what went wrong. It wasn't a sprain, Mm -hmm. and it was in my ankle. That was the thing that kind of changed. I mean, really, that injury changed my riding style from that point forward as far as, I don't know if you remember everybody talking about how high I would adjust my rear brake on my bike. And everybody, every time we did magazine stuff, they're like, golly, his brake is so much higher than the foot peg. Well, the reason it was was for so long I had to ride with my ankle taped up nearly like a cast. Okay. So my ankle, wouldn't, my ankle wouldn't work. I had to use my whole foot on the brake when I needed the brake. So I couldn't bend my ankle like most people would deflect it down or up. That's the reason I had to have it so far above the foot peg that I could use the brake because my ankle wouldn't bend.
3: Yeah, that's funny. He had to adjust his, uh, his rear brake higher cause for the lack of mobility in his ankle for years. For years he had to do that just because of his ankle. So.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, he was always known for that. I didn't know that was why.
3: Yeah, yeah, it all started in 90. So, um,
0: so yeah, he leads for a while, and you think, oh, Bradshaw's back.
3: Yep. Um,
0: Johnson gets in the mix for a while. Stan gets in the mix. Stanton crashes.
3: Omera. O'Mara. O'Mara
0: gets in the mix for the first good race of the year for him. He gets in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I think Cooper takes the lead. Cooper bobbles. Bradshaw gets him back. Then Kudrowski, mm-hmm. first good race of the year for him. He comes to the front, and now it's Bradshaw and Kudrowski battling and um, more of these kids, and their insane maneuvers.
3: Um, Bradshaw tells Cycle News, uh, Kudrowski tried to make a pass in a stupid place. There was no way he could get by me there. He said he owed me one, but I feel like it cost me the race. So Kodrowski threw away a race win because he felt like he owed Bradshaw one. I, I guess
0: <laughs> so. I guess so. It was... I think they said on TV he came out Bradshaw like a bowling ball. Like he just – there was this tight, narrow section. And, yeah, I, I don't think anyone made passes there the entire time. And yep. Kodrowski just goes in there wide open. And,
3: <laughs> and he wasn't known for that. No. No, not at all. It was uh, it was fantastic.
0: So that puts uh, – let's see. Stanton has crashed. Kodrowski takes Bradshaw out. This puts Cooper back in the lead. Johnson gets around Cooper. And I believe there was a young fan in the crowd. Yes watching this live, watching his hero, Rick Johnson, finally take the lead again. Mm-hmm. Something we thought we would never see again, like a comet. Yeah. Back in orbit. This young fan, is standing trackside, cheering for this moment when Rick Johnson finally gets the lead again.
3: Doing uh, basically windmills. <laughs> windmills in a Camel Supercross jacket.
0: <laughs> a child. A child. A Camel Supercross. Can we reveal who this young fan is? Yeah our man, Jason Thomas.
3: It's great. You can see him standing by the tractor if you look and watch it on YouTube. <laughs> he's standing by the tractor, and he is losing his mind. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Atlanta comes. Uh, I asked Wardy about Atlanta, 1990. Yep. Um, because how could you not? And then Wardy throws in a real funny story about Cooper as well, and how Guy could never win, and uh, and also how he feels like he might, you know, Cooper might want to kill him or something. So let's listen to Jeff Ward talk about his win, and then also talk about uh, Guy Cooper. Felt
4: bummed because it was
5: Cooper's birthday that night, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so and he never got yeah. <laughs> never got one after that. So uh, uh, I think he's still pissed at me
3: yeah it was something else for sure uh that race uh also too I asked Stanton about it because i'm like i never saw you i never saw you in this race and so uh jeff had something to say as well about uh about atlanta ninety i, cra-
4: I crashed early in that race if okay. i recall um was up, was up in that battle and in crashed in the whoop section and 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 you know was out, was out from there um but yeah what an epic battle you can anybody can google that race and and think, man, who, who was ever going to win that race at, at, at that night? It was awesome.
3: All right, there we go. So, each after Atlanta, Chicken 91 points, Larry Ward uh, 90, Stanton 75. That's already wow. a, a nice gap.
0: Yeah, they've got a 20 point lead, two rookies, and neither of those rookies that are out front is Bradshaw, the guy who's won two races. It's just ridiculous these early season performances and poor larry ward i always think about this he was one point away from being able to say at one point he uh led super cross point standings but alas (laughs) that's as close as he would get
3: alas cannot do it um yeah well okay so the series took a little bit of a break uh i believe and then we went to uh gainesville to win and rj wins the first outdoor national of the year. He's struggling in Supercross, well, struggling relatively for, you know, being Rick Johnson, but um, he swaps positions with Stanton, 2-1-1-2, and wins Gainesville, which, again, RJ said the outdoors were better for him on his wrist. So,
0: Yeah, but at that point, he's had two great races in a row. I mean, he gets third in Atlanta and leads for a while, and then he wins Gainesville. So, you know, information being as limited as it was back then, it started to seem like RJ's getting it back. Here he comes. Here he comes. He almost won a Supercross, he did win a National Lookout, but then he uh, crashes in Daytona and hurts himself again.
3: And by the way, RJ running 13 this year, not scared, just like, yeah, I'll take it, I'll take 13, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, again, you're just like, wow, okay. So, uh...
0: How'd that work out for you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Pike should have tweeted him, how'd that yeah. work out for you? Yeah. Um... So ninety uh, Daytona comes and Stanton gets his second win. I mean, it's Daytona. It was all, it was over before it started, right? Uh, Stanton wins. Bale gets second. krajowski gets third. So Honda sweep. Uh, Chicken gets fourth. Not bad for Chicken though for Daytona, right? Why again? Yeah?
0: Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, again, not known as a super trainer and not an outdoor guy.
3: Yep. And Wardy gets fifth, in which uh, Wardy never won Daytona. It's still amazing to this day Yeah. But Wardy yeah. never ended up winning Daytona. So the standings are: Chicken still has one hundred and nine. Larry, Larry Ward is 103. Stanton pulls up to 100, uh, so it's, it's nine points back. RJ, like you said, he's done now. He uh, broke a finger, I believe, or his hand or something. I think his hand, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. In a crash, so that was basically it for him. Uh, he exited the series. Now, I asked Stanton about um, sort of getting started, getting you know his strategy in racing, and, and Stanton credited Daytona, Atlanta, Gainesville. Uh, as far as when things got rolling for him, uh, he got away from everything. He got on the road with his mechanic, Dan Bentley, and uh, so let's listen to Jeff talk about that kind of strategy uh, in, in the 1990 and, and beyond seasons. For me, for me, honestly, it all goes back
4: to every every year for me to win win a Supercross title. It all goes back to Atlanta, Gainesville, Daytona. The, that year, that year in Atlanta, I didn't do great, but went went to gainesville they always had that outdoor national there i always did good there mm-hmm. we stayed on the road for two weeks i cleaned my butt off we tested we rode made the bikes better we always go to daytona and win and then my momentum just kept building from that every year every year it was the same for me you know just let <laughs> right. be there but boom atlanta do good gainesville do great daytona win and the just the, the momentum build built from there every year you get yeah. confidence um, I would stay back on the road with Dan and uh, the suspension guy, get the bike dialed in better. And, and that's really, that was always the turning, turning point for me every year. in 1990 was even included in that.
3: Yeah, there we go. Yep. Getting Got away. Rolling. Getting away from it all. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects for coming on this podcast. Now here's some commercials from Race Tech and Michelin. Listen, all right? Thanks. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Racetech. The folks at Racetech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PULPMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right? If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now. Valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department, experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech.
7: Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp show, listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say... I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate... Blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft medium and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications.
6: Yeah, you like that?
7: In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin StarCross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, is always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin StarCross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin StarCross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin StarCross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind. Dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows, they might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Dune Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at MichelinMotorcycle. And it did seem like after, um,
0: you know, RJ almost wins Atlanta and then wins Gainesville and battles Stanton at the end and then Stanton wins Daytona, it did seem like... All right, enough. That's enough of you kids.
3: Right. Yeah. These
0: dudes are going to start taking back over. Um, so I'm sure after Daytona, Yeah. You know, they're going to shut them down.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's time for the vets to, to yep. step up. Um, yep. Except not. Uh, nope. Chicken. Chicken gets his first career win, extends his points, leads in Vegas. Uh, that Vegas track was horrible, by the way, You know, back then especially. Uh, yep. It's in the same place as it is now. Um, yep. And, uh, and Weech Bale gets second again. This 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 French guy number twenty two, second again.
0: Yeah, now you would think uh, Vegas would be a tough town um, for Chicken to not let get the better of him,
3: and he actually did. He actually did. <laughs> it actually Vegas does get the get better the, of him. It does get the better of him, but yet he still wins. Let's listen to this clip with Chicken <laughs> talking about his uh, his nightly uh, or his night in Vegas,
6: nineteen ninety. Just I was out gambling till like four in the morning before the race. <laughs> Because I can't sleep before a race. For uh-huh. some reason, I can't sleep. So Vegas is like the worst place for me because I just sit in my hotel room and stare at the ceiling. And I'm like, okay, go gamble. <laughs> I and mean, then I'm out gambling like four in the morning going, I hope nobody sees me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got, a, I got a race in a couple of hours. But, um, yeah, it was just, it just I don't know, it was just one of those nights where it was just easy, you know. I don't know.
3: All right, there you go. There you go. Four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's hoping. Four in the morning. He couldn't sleep
0: anyway, so hey.
3: Why not, right? (laughs) Why not? Um, Metasovich wins
0: Vegas 90. He's pulling away now again with the points lead. He finally got that elusive win. He had come close many times. And, you know, usually when you get that breakthrough, many more start coming. And I distinctly remember watching the TV show. And Dave Despain, who was the analyst at that time, is like, this guy's on the verge of having an unbelievable career, and he's going to put away so much money that a few years from now he's going to retire with wins and titles and so much money in the bank that he won't have to work another day for the rest of his life. This is how this goes. No. Like, this is the yeah, path. Yeah, yeah. Like, we've seen that happen before, and he's right. going to be the next guy. And it sure seemed like for that one night. <laughs> he's got the points lead. He got his first win. He's a rookie. Look yeah.
3: out. Yeah, why not, right? Yep. Um, and by the way, at this point, too, Bradshaw's gone. Like, ankle's not working out. He's done. Yep. He comes back. He comes back. But uh, for now, they're just like, yeah, you got to take some time off. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and RJ's gone as well. And Cooper is still not winning, uh, by the way, in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> um, uh, hey, I talked to uh, a chicken about Stanton's strategy a little bit, you know, about Stanton playing it safe and getting every, get everything sorted out.
6: <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, what do you think? Uh, let's, let's get right into that. That's bullshit. He just he was getting his ass whooped at the beginning of the year, that's all. He wasn't letting us go. Come on. Um, and, uh, um That's bullshit. But uh you know, no Honda Honda their bikes weren't up to par at the beginning of the year and they were him and Bell both were, were fighting the bike and uh they got it working about mid season and when the bike started working and both of them started they both came on late late season. Mm-hmm. They did. And the, they got the bike working. Um But, uh, you know, I think that threw a wheel on everybody on the line at one point or another. I mean, it didn't matter who it was. Yeah, so there we go.
3: (laughs) Not buying it. He's getting his ass kicked. (laughs)
6: Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, he says that uh, the bikes, the Honda bikes, were not that good at the beginning of the year. It's weird, man. The 92 season, the same thing happens. Like, back then, Honda would redo the bike every two years.
3: I honestly think Chicken's confused with the 92 season. Nah. I do.
0: Oh. Just ignore that. Just ignore that.
3: I I don't know for sure, but Chicken also didn't know he was riding the perimeter frame bike when I built one for him and all that. Um, Yeah. Absolutely, Stanton and Bale have both told me personally, in 92, it took a while to figure out that new bike.
0: Oh, so you think that Chicken's just referencing the wrong year?
3: Yes, I absolutely do. (laughs) I I absolutely do. Okay, fair point. Um, uh, Without a doubt. So, um, All right, so uh, next round, Pasadena. Uh, and Jeff Ward wins. Chicken gets second again, and uh, it this thing's starting to this thing's starting to uh, open up a little bit for Chicken.
0: Yeah, Larry Ward's hanging in there. He's doing okay. He's getting like fourth, fifth, sixth, but Chicken is getting first and seconds besides uh, Daytona. Um, yeah, it's looking good for him. Although this French guy sneaks in there and gets a third again. Like he's starting to like lurk.
3: He is. He's starting to figure it out more than anything. I bet you know what I mean. He's starting to be like, "Oh, okay. Like this is what I need to do." And you know, I can I can uh, run with these guys. So after Pasadena Wardy wins, Chicken ex- uh, extends his lead one fifty six over Stanton to one thirty five now. So he has a twenty one point lead wow. over Stanton and Ward. And let me just count uh, how many are left here. Twenty one points. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten races left. Twenty-one point lead.
0: It is an 18-round series, by the way, which I know everyone says 17 races is insane these Mm -hmm. days, but they did 18 back then.
3: Um, Bale is now fourth tied with Wardy with 118. So He missed two races. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he's been more effective, I think, than people are realizing. Um, His points are skewed because he missed... Dude, so wait. He missed. He's only raced six of the... Eight rounds?
3: Um, yeah. He, well, he got one point at one of them, right? The one that he crashed out at, I believe. Uh, okay. So,
0: But either way, he yeah. missed yeah. two out of eight rounds, and he's actually in the top five in points. Yeah. Interesting.
3: Yeah, interesting. The next week, Texas, Dallas, gets the win. Bradshaw comes back, but Bale gets the win, and, uh, and Bradshaw gets second. Amazing. Again, Bradshaw, like, just steps right in, like, oh, yeah, here I am. Like, I'm, yeah. you know. I'm good, or whatever. So, um, I thought it was funny, uh, the the economy between that. Like, Bradshaw just parachutes in and out and does really well, and then comes back and and misses races, and then comes back and does well again. Yeah, yeah,
0: his speed was so ridiculous. Same thing. He crashed out of San Diego, crashed out of Seattle, and he's got a broken ankle, but then just leads Atlanta for half the race until Khodrowski knocks him out. Then he's out for a few weeks, yeah, comes back, gets second. The speed was just crazy. Uh, If I remember this um, Dallas race, Ward – Wins Pasadena because he finally gets a good start for the first time all year, and then he gets another good start in um, uh, Dallas here or Irving. Mm-hmm. The track that, by the way, was just basically the track was made of garbage. You remember
3: that? Yes, it was always garbage. You're right. What was up with that? Just bags and looks like bags were sticking out of the dirt everywhere. Yes. It's like they literally got
0: their dirt from a landfill. Like they just dug up a landfill and built the track.
3: I mean, honestly, honestly they pro- that's probably what they did back then, right?
0: Maybe. I, I never. I thought I'm like, did they line the floor with like plastic, like under the dirt, and it comes up? Like, no, you're right. They probably did just dig up a landfill to get cheap dirt.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: So Ward gets another good start, and I think he's right there with Bradshaw and Bale. And you're like, okay, Ward, he's got to figure it out now. RJ had a chance. Didn't happen. Now Wardy's got these guys, and then he cases the shit out of a jump and crashes out.
3: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. It had an over-under bridge. Yeah. This one <laughs> had an over-under bridge, and then, yeah, that was it. Um, uh, Bradshaw said uh, in Cycle News about Bale's win. There wasn't much I could do. Bale was riding really good, and I tried to put up a fight, but he's riding too good tonight. Once he got around me, I just wanted to stay in second place. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Wow. Uh, wow. And Bale says, "This is a dream come true. I am very, very happy to win." And that's the only quotes from from JMB. That was it. That, that was it. it. That was it. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, so Ward dropped out of the race while he was running third after that after that crash, where he like sends it off the track. I don't really know what happened there, but
0: it looked to me like I think he cases it and just gets whistling angles again. Yeah, I think.
3: Yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah. So, uh, Chick, what does Chicken get here? Chicken gets. In um,
0: oh, in uh, Dallas. Eighth. I didn't even think about that. Yeah,
3: eighth. Chicken gets eighth. Mm. Uh, Stanton gets fourth. So mm. closes up a little bit on that on those guys. Um, interesting too. I talked to, and we're we're still having guys slamming each other a little bit at this point, and these kids are still still figuring things out. And I talked to uh, Bradshaw about uh, Stanton and RJ and sort of being the new kid in the class and how he how he worked with those guys and how he. Uh, um, you know, kind of thought about riding. With, I mean, he didn't care about Chicken and Larry Ward and these other dudes, but did he care about Stanton and RJ? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Jeff to me probably took it more in, more in stride than than the other guys because it wasn't like he really got pissed. He just he just was still Jeff Stanton that could still could still win. You know, and so where I think Ricky was probably more like me. It got under his skin. It pissed him off. He showed emotions, whether it was something I said on the mic or, or during an interview, he would always pop back with something, you know. Mm-hmm. And and he he was around a lot when I was younger in and, and the amateur rankings, you know, and with Yamaha and, mm-hmm. and kind of this, yeah, I mean, he stayed at our house when they were passing through because we knew his mechanic, because his mechanic Cliff let was who signed me on at Yamaha, the, my first contract, at like seven or eight years old. So yeah. we got to know him through that. So all of that racing with those guys was a little different. And it was it was easier for me with, you know, Wardy and O'Mara and those guys because I didn't know them.
3: All right, there we go. He he said RJ, uh, you know, gives it to him a little bit here and there, the break check that you talked about, and a few things on the microphone over the years. But uh, him and Jeff were buddies, um and he even mentions about how he's not even sure how much older Jeff is than him, which he's probably not. A little, a little known fact: uh, Jeremy McGrath is uh, older than Damon Bradshaw.
0: Yeah, it, it's amazing. That's how young he was. Yeah. Um, should we also mention the? This is a juxtaposition. So while Matasevich is winning the ninety two fifty Supercross. And they're saying, like, he's going to make all this money. He's going to be the next guy. He's going to win all these titles. This is clearly his season as a rookie. This is unbelievable. That obviously does not work out. Um, uh, Spoiler alert. (laughs) Matasevich never wins another race. Ever. (laughs) It's so bizarre. I don't understand how you could be this good this soon and, and have it not work out. Yeah. But the winner of the 125 class that night, a young Jeremy McGrath, and at that point, he was just one of many dudes battling for the 125 title. He doesn't even win the title that year. There was no signs that that 90 Vegas race would actually end up going down in history more for the random first-time win for McGrath. He only wins one race that year. Who? No one was thinking of all these rookies. Eventually, some dude in the 125 is going to show up three years later and just kill them all.
3: Yeah. No, I, there was no sign of Jeremy being Jeremy. No. No, 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 no. No,
0: No. it used to actually get me mad. I remember years later, like, when um, Cowie signed Raynard. um, He was the hot shot coming out of the amateurs. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you know, he's like, uh, you know, that same pathway as Jeremy McGrath. I'm like, no. No. That wasn't McGrath's (laughs) pathway. No one was thinking that McGrath was going to be good at all.
3: Nope. Nope, not not really. Not at all. Nope. Um, No. Okay, so Chicken still got the lead. Um, we go into Pontiac, doubleheader, of course, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. Bradshaw takes night one, and Bale takes night two. Bale is starting. Bale got second. Uh, no, sorry. Bale got ninth in night one, so that kind of ends his uh, recent run of things. Um, and actually, RJ is back at this time. I did not realize that, but uh, look at the results. RJ is oh, back.
0: Oh, yeah. RJ is back in there. Not doing very well, but he's in there.
3: Yeah, but he's back. And uh, and then night, so night one, Bradshaw wins night two. Uh, Bale gets another win, and Larocco gets second on a Suzuki. Uh, remember, Larocco came out of ninety-one and won the opener, I believe. So he was he was coming on. Um,
0: yeah, it was the first real sign yep. um, from Larocco there. And oh, interesting thing that Stanton never won a race in uh, Pontiac, Michigan, guy. Yep. Crazy. You know, was, yeah. yeah, for four years was at the very pinnacle of the sport, won plenty of races, but never never put it together in Pontiac. It's really weird.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's weird um, to see that that never happened. I see um, Bale's coming on, and again, like Chicken and Bradshaw, their rivalry in 90 wasn't as intense as it would get. And the same thing with Bale and Stanton. They were teammates, and I think, I don't know how it was at, in 1990, but of course by 92 and 91, Everyone hated each other. Yeah. I imagine the seeds were start, starting in uh, in 90. So I talked to uh, Stanton about Bale and sort of how we missed some races and uh, and started coming on a little bit. Um, so, yeah, listen to Jeff talk about a JMB. I'm in the first part of the year
4: out in California seeing, you know, r- r- doing a little bit of riding with him, but seeing that, you know, the kid's talented, but uh, knowing that my husband was, was going to pay off in the long run uh training wise and riding wise uh, you know I was just sticking to my guns, doing what I had to do and and it it worked throughout the year
3: all right there we go um so but at this point, i mean I got to pull up the uh the cycle news here, but why can't um why can't chicken chicken win this title right
0: yeah the the strange thing, and as I said at the top of this, I think it's the best season because of this depth. The points would swing um, in, in ways we're not used to now because the field was so deep and so evenly matched. A guy would win one race and then just get eighth the next week. You know, that just does not happen. I mean, we always joke about, <clears throat> especially during the, the high point of, like, Stu, Carmichael, and Reed, they could not not finish the podium. They could not. They could not <laughs> ever not be in the top three. It was – Chagasar last. He passed ten dudes in the first turn. And he'd go from ninth to third by the end of the night. That was the worst – case scenario for those guys and it leads us to these days where you know when Tomac's winning all these races in a row we're just counting well okay yeah Dungey'll get second or third every week yeah um, you just look at this Pontiac and this is the days of the doubleheader where they raced what did they race Saturday night Sunday afternoon yeah yep. right Bale just gets a ninth and a first uh, Bradshaw gets a first and a twelfth uh, Stanton gets a sixth and like a podium and it was just normal yeah like Getting Ace and First and all those guys, any of those eight guys could win any night and then get eight the next. It was just totally the way it was at this time.
3: Yep. Which is awesome. Which is great. And also, too, you had Suzuki and Cowie and Honda and Yamaha. Yep. Like everybody kind of having a guy or having a few guys and yep. sharing the success. You know, that's another part of it that made it really cool. Yeah. Um, so Tampa, the next week after Pontiac. Chicken gets second, extends his lead over Stanton, uh, but Bale wins again. One of his four that he won on the year,
0: and it's three of the last four that yeah. he won now. Yep, he is coming on strong. Uh, and I remember being very worried about this. <laughs> yeah, this I'm was like,
3: this yeah. was uh, the year before MXA kind of went after bail a little bit and 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 i i do feel as a kid that just read them and didn't know anything there was no internet there was no nothing else uh cycle news subscriptions didn't work in canada you would get four issues at once you know like seriously i I don't know what happened to the usps and canadian postal service but you would not get a you would not get a mag for three weeks and you would get four and you're like thanks so i only had mxa months later do you know what i mean um and they, they, yeah,
0: and TV, I don't know what you had up there, but even TV here, they no. they they didn't start. They wanted them to run weekly, but the races, they have these weirdo breaks, like they would race nationals during Supercross.
3: Yeah. yeah. So
0: the only way to have it be on 18 consecutive weeks was to wait, like, the first round didn't start until March, and then the last round they'd be, like, have caught up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they weren't on TV until usually about a month after the race took place. Yep. Um, so there was no good way. Now, I had the luxury. I would get Cycle News because my dad worked at Ray, And for some reason, the only person in the company interested in reading Cycle News was an employee's 12-year-old son. <laughs> the only person that had any interest in any of this. And this year, I just remember my dad would come home with the Cycle News in the briefcase. I just couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. Like, He's going to be home.
4: He's going to have the Cycle News in there.
0: <laughs> and it was every week. It was like, you ready for this week's crazy surprise? In fact, you've got the Cycle News archives in front of you, right? Yeah. Doesn't the Seattle Supercross cover, I think, allude to, yeah, not Jeff Ward, Larry Ward won? Yeah. Because we know yeah. you don't expect to read that yeah. Larry Ward won. This no. is not a typo.
3: It says Ward. That's Larry Ward. Top, yes. top Seattle.
6: <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is not a typo.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, um,
0: and that was it. That was the only information. Like, when you read that Cycle News cover, that is literally like the first thing the world has ever seen yeah. from
3: this race. And I guess Bale was probably a little weird. I, I picture him a bit porcellish back then. Mm-hmm. He probably wasn't buddies with the MXA guys and didn't try to be. And they ran a photo of him with his helmet on. Uh, we just read you a quote from his very first win where he gives two, two sentences about how happy he is. <laughs> so, you know, it seems like he's getting already a rep a little bit and a little bit of a media-driven rep at that about uh, being a little, you know, elusive and, and weird and everything else. Uh,
0: the, the America wasn't ready for it. It came so quickly. I don't think anyone took him seriously. Like there's no way he's gonna figure out Supercross. Um, and remember his supercross debut that in eighty nine he crashes out spectacularly mm-hmm. um, landing on a hay bale in the first turn. Yep. So I think it was like, yep, see how that's gonna work out. Good luck, Euro.
3: Right? Um yeah man it would be so crazy to be transported back then and, and talk to people about what happened and everything else. So,
0: so I think when he starts winning like this it's completely taken people off guard and completely by surprise. It's not what anyone expected. And it's like not a fluke now. He's won three out of four. And I think, I, yeah, I think there was a lot of negativity, like from the vibes you get from those days and the, the way the fans reacted to him and even the press. It was not cool. Like they were not down with it. Uh, it's a lot different these days. You've got to earn – for people to hate you, you've got to earn it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think no matter what he did, he was going to be screwed.
3: Uh, so the next round's in Charlotte, Bradshaw's uh, hometown race. I think the first ever one in Charlotte, right? I would think. I yeah, think. yep. And yep. Uh, and it was a titanic battle between Stanton and uh, and Bradshaw.
0: It was great. Yep, another classic. And yep. Bradshaw
3: comes up on top, and uh, uh, Larocco gets second. Stanton ends up third. I don't remember what happened to Stanton get third, but I remember just the only thing I can think of is Stanton and Bradshaw going at it.
0: Yeah, um, Larocco, I know. Um, you watch these races, uh, there's a recurring theme every week, mm-hmm. this young Mike LaRocco guy. Yeah.
3: God, he's so fast that he could just get the starts. <laughs> if he could just, just get the starts. Figure that out.
0: And it becomes a, uh, like a running gag every week between Larry Myers, the TV announcer, and, and Despain, the analyst of Myers, like, freaking out over how good LaRocco is. I mean, like, I'm telling you, if he could just get a
3: start, this guy could win.
0: <laughs> and that was Mike LaRocco for the next 17 years.
3: Uh, Bale crashed three times in the main event and got 20th. Oh, Bale.
0: Uh, there's drama here, though. According to the press at that time, he and Kudrowski, who were pitting, um, uh, pitted against each other for the 125 national title, yep. the teammates were not getting along. And there are some that say that they were trying to take each other out, and Kodrowski's actually to blame for this.
3: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that was definitely some I don't e- remember any of that, yeah.
0: Well, remember at the end of the year when the legendary, oh, yeah. they asked Bale to help Kudrowski yep. and the yep. Nationals? Yep. Yeah, I think there was some definite friction uh, between those two.
3: Yeah, and then and, and Bale was like, I'm not going to help him, and they said, you're not going to race. And he said, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not pulling over for him. But um, reading these race reports back then, it seemed like they had gotten into it a couple times. Yep, that was one of the crashes Bale had that night. And then it's like, whoa. Well, technically, wow. Honda's one guy hurt the other guy.
3: Chicken, and that's the way it was back then. So Chicken got fourth, and at this point, Chicken, the rookie, has held the points lead since Seattle, I believe. So one, two, three, four, eleven rounds. Chicken has been the points leader, and but but well, again, it is now. Um, After the last few races, it is down to uh, eight points. Chicken has eight points on Stanton. Uh, Larry Ward is third, and Bale is fourth. Bale lost a a ton of points, obviously, with his crashing out. So, um, coming into East Rutherford, did you go to this race?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I did go to East Rutherford, and this is how I knew uh, this man was in trouble. They had back then they would give out the Coors Extra Gold Smooth Move of the race. They would pick something that someone did in a heat race. And then bring him back up to the podium to give him like a thousand bucks and a uh, kiss from the trophy girl, mm-hmm. sign of the times. So we got cigarettes, beer, and making out with the trophy girl was like real parts <laughs> of this. Right. So Bale was riding well. He does something in the heat. I don't remember what it was, but they give him the smooth move award. He comes up to the podium and he goes for it. He gives the 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 girl a kiss, mm-hmm. and then he goes for it again and again, three kisses. <laughs> ah. And the crowd was like pumped, like momentarily, because they thought that was awesome. Yep. But then it like started to dawn on them that it was Bale who they didn't like. And then I heard some her, hear some guy in front of me yell, "Michelle's a girl's name." <laughs> and they're like, it, I swear, this man like single-handedly flipped the crowd back to disrespecting him, and then they started booing him. And you were well, in the boy. course of this extra gold smooth move after a heat race. <laughs> But what does Bale do that night in the main?
3: Yeah, just wins. Yeah, just wins. <laughs> yep, wins again. Gets it back on top. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Man, he was uh, he was smooth too back then. You watch him; he was so good. Just in the whoops, he was good, and he would time the rhythms better than these guys a lot of times. You know.
0: Was, yeah, I, I don't, can't say I was able to analyze this stuff now. So you've gone back and looked at it, and you've I have. seen like, yeah, no, it, I have. You can tell the difference. in
3: You his, can. His, you his, really can. Uh, a lot of guys are front-end high, you know what I mean, trying to, trying to land things and everything, and Bale just is smooth. He's just really, really good. So I got a chance to ask Chicken all about his relationship with Jean-Michel
6: Bale. You know, Bale, Bale, didn't, Bale just kept to himself. I mean – I got a lot of respect for that guy He's a rider and everything. Um you know being in in, in his position it had to have been hard for him coming over here because nobody liked him. Everybody beat up on him and uh you know, he hung in there and won one won the supercross champions, you know. Uh so something that
3: happened at uh at the the Meadowlands is uh chicken and uh Chicken and Staten came together. The next to last turn, uh, they bumped in the air. Um, uh, Stanton said he came in too hot and went off the track. And Chicken said, "I had the inside on of him. We <laughs> he came in too hot and went off the track." Chicken said, "I had the inside. We hit in the air and I knocked my bike in the neutral." And uh, so that so Stanton got by him.
0: Yeah, and Stanton is closing the points, but it's not like in the typical manner. This isn't again Eli Tomac closing the points by winning nine races in a row. Yep. Uh, I want to pull up. I'm trying to pull up here. Stanton is closing the gap in points, but he's doing it by like he's getting fourth yep. when uh, Chicken, Chicken is fifth. getting fifth. It's 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 just not what we're used to um, these days. But again, it was just so darn deep. Yeah, let's see. He's closing the gap. He wins Daytona, he gets third in Vegas. He then goes six four two six three three five, and that run is enough. Six four two six three three five is enough to start closing the gap. Did, did, chi- chicken.
3: did Chicken have a point? Does Chicken have a point, maybe?
0: The, did the bike has gotten better?
3: <laughs> not yeah, that. but I'm saying these
0: aren't epic results. He's getting a series of top fives every week, and he's beating Matasovic by like a position or two. You know, they're getting third and fifth, fourth and sixth. They're not even winning the races.
3: Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. Um, yep. And, and again, people's minds must just be blown at this point for bail. They must just be losing their minds.
0: Uh, can you get the points in front of you? I mean, at this point, even though Bale had the twentieth in yep. Charlotte, the two races that he missed got yeah. a ninth and, and, um Pontiac, because Stanton and Matasovich are only getting fourth and fifth, he's starting to get dangerously close to the points lead again.
3: He is uh, twenty-two back of Chicken right now mm-hmm. after after Foxbore, and he is uh, fifteen back of, uh, of Stanton.
0: Yeah, he's fifteen back yep. with one, two, three, four races to go. That's manageable. 15 back of stamp with four to go is manageable.
3: No, no, he's uh, was 15 back. Oh, yeah, because you're saying chicken. They're already counting past chicken.
0: I, I think at that point people were. <laughs> a- he hadn't had a good race in a while.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, yep. Yeah, if you're Bale and Honda and Dan and Cliff White and, and all that, you're looking at this going, we've got to beat that guy.
0: Yeah, he's the one that's won whatever 4 right. out of 5 right. races at right. this point or something, yeah.
3: Um all right, so next up is Oklahoma. It's in the daytime. It is Yeah, no, like, we
0: got Foxborough, bro.
3: Oh, Foxborough, I missed it. Yep, Foxborough. Sorry. This is uh
0: is this is this the Waterloo for for uh Matasovic? I think it is. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think it is. And uh and we we talked to St- Chicken about that. Let's yep. uh let's listen to St- Chicken talk about sort of he's confused. He doesn't really know what's happening, but um <laughs> But he does get ninth in Foxboro. Uh let's talk to chicken and uh, find out what happened. But the, the Foxborough one.
6: I don't know what the hell happened. I just showed up and uh it was like I couldn't ride a motorcycle. Sort of like Damon on the last uh in ninety one or whatever LA, you know? It's just I couldn't I don't know. I came in from practice, and my dad's like, well, What's going on? And I'm like, I'm trying. And everybody's passing me. <laughs> you know, okay. I don't know. <laughs> right. So, not a great
3: uh, description, why, again, of that? But no, but no. You know,
0: no, no idea. He just—he's trying. It wasn't wasn't going well.
3: Yeah, just this wasn't happening. Uh, Bale wins. Wardy second. Larocco third. Stanton fourth. Larry Ward fifth.
0: Yeah. So Stanton gets fourth. Metasfish gets fifth. So again, Stanton by fourth. Another fourth, basically gets the points lead down to almost nothing. I think he, he's only down one or two at this point. But only by getting fourth. It's just it's a different era with, with, with how deep the results were. Yep. So I yep. believe he has a one-point lead, more one-point uh, deficit.
3: One point back going into Oklahoma right. is, what, is what it was. Yep.
0: Honestly, at this point, it's like, but it's bail you've got to worry about. He just freaking won again. He's won, again, five out of seven or something. And he's come from missing the second and third rounds to being within sight of these guys. So to me, at this point, I'm like, what the hell are they going to do with this guy? No way they can beat him. He's unbeatable. He's a machine. He cannot be beaten.
3: He's the Terminator. He's a French Terminator. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma City, the next round, hard pack, basically a Supercross on cement, and it's in the daytime.
0: Uh, it's like 100 degrees.
3: And Guy Cooper crashes
0: again. <sighs> Trying to win yeah. in, in front of the home fans.
3: And and Danny Stevenson also breaks his wrist and, and told us he was never ever the same after this race.
0: Yeah, now he voluntarily was trying some two fifty races on the opposite coast, right?
3: No, this was in one twenty five. This was the this was an east west round.
0: Oh, he hurt himself in the one twenty five class.
3: He yeah, he was oh. he was uh he either took the lead from Emig or he was right behind Emig, ready to make the lead, pass for the lead, and he absolutely ate shit in the tri- in the triple. So
0: um Yeah, if I remember he hurt the navicular, which as RJ would say, they didn't quite know back then. Yeah, how to handle that injury, and those guys all screwed themselves by trying to ride.
3: Yep. Um,
0: Um, but like I said, JMB is coming on strong. Stanton is merely getting fourths and fifths. They're just whittling and withering right in front of the Frenchman. He's coming, and to me, this is an all-time ride. Stanton is like, we got three rounds to go.
3: Yeah, I got to
0: make this shit
3: happen. Kinda right, and uh, and uh, I asked them about that.
4: Uh, I, you know, I always loved that. People, if you, you said Oklahoma now. People are like Oklahoma, <laughs> but that place was that place was always good. It, you, you always knew Cooper was going to be a flash there, but uh, um, it 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 didn't ever fit my style. It was always as hard as a road, as like asphalt. But right, you right. know, it, that one was in the middle of the day. It was hot, nasty. Uh, the track was tough. I I remember getting a good start and just
3: putting in consistent lap, consistent laps and making it. But so the next week, yeah. San Jose, goes Oklahoma, San Jose, and Stanton wins again. Yeah. Again, Stanton wins. How how badass is this guy? Right? Comes through. Uh, Chicken is 10th. It's over. It's over for Chicken. Yep. Nice run. You'll probably get it in 91, though, Jeff. Sure. You'll probably come back. Showed a lot of speed. You'll come back in 91.
0: Oh, yeah. But um, Stanton, uh, I think he talked about Oklahoma. It was a good one. It wasn't his style of track. No, no. But I think he just was clutch. Uh,
3: Yeah, let's listen to Stanton talk about uh, Oklahoma and San Jose and sort of his coming through when he needed to do it.
4: I just did what I had to do, yeah. yeah. I I did what Damon Bradshaw should have done two years after that. (laughs) Sorry sorry to say that, David, but yeah, I, I did what I had to do at Oklahoma in, in uh, San Jose. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just, a, it was a tight little track. It was in, in a, in a smaller, smaller venue, mm-hmm. but, uh, I did, I did good every year we raced there too. But you know, I, you know, I, I did it when I had to, when, yeah. when the pressure, when the pressure counted, I had to,
3: I had to make it happen. And I did. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's got a point, like, you know, it was time to get busy. It was time to, time to crack down.
0: Yeah, when you look at his results, he had gone 6-3-3-5-4-1-1. Yep. Yep. It was so, like, a dramatic step up in the clutch. Like, all right, I'm going to be 20% faster when I need it. And it shut, it shut Bale down because at that point now he's actually stretched the points lead and there's only one race to go. Yep. So, to me, it's just one of the all-time title drives. He wasn't necessarily the fastest guy or the best guy. But when everybody had it in their grasp, I mean him, Chicken and J M B could have all done it in these last three races. Yep. He came through. Uh
3: Bale won six races. Damn. Six races in ninety. And yeah. was was a peristyle kamikaze pass from seven. <laughs> yes. In, in L A. The 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 final round.
0: Yes. Because the season. We just hadn't had enough random, you-won't-believe-who-won-this-one drop-ins yet. We hadn't had enough.
3: <laughs> who
0: shows up at the finale again?
3: Yeah, Bradshaw's back. Bradshaw's back. <laughs>
0: for the fourth time. <laughs> not, not very good with the
3: consistency part. Yeah, no. Actually, Bale won five. Sorry, I miscounted. Bale okay. won five races. Could have been sixth. And, yeah, Bradshaw comes back in. And uh, he takes the the peristyle up, or takes Bale up the peristyle, and there's no room on the inside. And Bradshaw just rides it in there, and Stan and Bale is pissed. Bale is pissed at this, by the way. Yeah. So. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just. Uh, but Stanton went into the final round. I have it here. Uh, 14 points up uh, after San Jose on chicken. And I forget what he was up on uh, on Bale. I should have had that actually handy. But um, but basically, Stanton... It wasn't,
0: any, it wasn't enough for it to be really no. threatening. I think um, he needed, you know, seventh or something.
3: Stanton wins the title, his second in a row by seven points. But he only gets a sixth in uh, L.A. Because he knows that's all he kind of has to do. While well, Bradshaw wins, as we said, and Bale gets second. Um, so, you know, basically uh, 22 to... He makes up. Bale makes up like six or seven points. So it was, you know, 14 going in. It was 14 yep. going into Coliseum. I imagine on Bale, not on chicken.
0: Yeah. So he was uh, again. Those that uh, Oklahoma and San Jose helped him yep. get that because it was perilous for a little while. And the season ends just the way it started. So it ends with it begins with Bradshaw and this <laughs> whole shot of death. Yep. Around the outside. That's the very first moment of the season. And the final moment of the season is Bradshaw, after he slams his way past J&B. There's like this whoop or roller section leading to the finish. Yeah. And he's got it. Bale's a couple bike lengths back. Bradshaw's going to win. And then he and wads it up. It's like 10 feet to go.
3: His he, both feet come off. He's dragging beside his bike up the finish. And this is, this is right after parking Bale up top of the Paris top.
0: And he comes across the finish line. I remember my dad saying, was so out of control, he could barely even show off. He could barely even do a move over the finish line. No. Back in those days, he could not. not. No, Yeah, he goes over the finish, like, holding on with his fingers, basically, <laughs> and wins, wins the final race of the year. Just a fitting ending.
3: Yep. Yeah, I know. Right? Absolutely. Uh, so the <laughs> points are Stanton, 329. Bale, 322. Chicken, 308. Bradshaw gets eighth in the standings. and I don't know. He, it seemed like he won every single race he showed up at. But, but you know, uh, Bradshaw was finished eighth in the series. And, and, you know, RJ was never the same. O'Mara got 11th. Wardy got fifth. But really, I think he won maybe one or two more Supercrosses the rest of his career. He hung it up a couple years later. You know, so this was a, this was a real turning point in Supercross.
0: It was this collision of eras. To me, that made it so interesting. You still have Ward, Johnson, um, uh, O'Mara in there. Um, you had all these rookies. I think we counted six of them moving up, and they were real factors. Like, they weren't just, maybe they'll be a factor, but these dudes were winning races or coming close. And then you had this whole international thing that Bale literally 100% single-handedly started. I mean, yeah, I would say if you could have done a quiz of the industry and fans from, like, 1989 to two years later of, like, can a guy outside of the United States succeed over here? It would have gone from 0% chance yes to 100% chance. Because by the next year, Bell was the champ.
3: Yeah. Bale won eight races in 91.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think he was podium in, like, all but one race. It was, yeah. It yeah. was, yep. it was pretty amazing. He just So all these guys, and eventually it went too far the other direction, right, where they were, like, just picking French dudes no matter who you were. If you're French, oh, you factory ride.
3: Yeah, yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah, just,
0: but yeah. all of that, I mean, their eyes were opened because of Bale, and that all happened in 90. I mean, he went from the guy that a year ago was just remembered for crashing out of the first race and doing nothing yep. to winning five races of 18 and almost winning the title despite missing two rounds. So you combine that thing with the kids thing and the veterans thing, it's a pretty amazing season.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree. It, it really was. And uh, on YouTube, check out "Throttle for the Gold," the documentary. At some point, they say Bradshaw with his trademark out-of-control style. <laughs> That's his trademark style. I'm out of control. Is that even a style? That's not a style. His
0: style is out of control.
3: You can't have that as a style. You know. No. Um, so.
0: When 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 somebody hits somebody these days, and everybody freaks out, and some guy says like. You don't even know how bad it used to be. I know it's always referencing Bob Hanna because he gets referenced for anything good in the past ever. Yeah. But the real era of rough riding, the peak pinnacle of block passes, is this era right here. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 This is the
0: most aggressive Supercross riding ever was.
3: It was. It was pretty gnarly for sure.
0: I mean, just Chicken and Bradshaw alone, but uh, there was there were some incidents, and you know what helps? You go back and watch this stuff. I, this is going to make all the, the two-stroke lovers just cringe when I say this, but these bikes are so much slower. Mm-hmm. You can do this stuff. I mean, you can stand dudes up in corners and ram guys because you're only going probably 12 miles an hour when you do it. Yep.
3: Yeah, you, you have trouble jumping obstacles if you if you don't make a corner ride or if you get stood up, and then and that allows you to get passed by three dudes who can do it. And yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's one of those things.
0: You know? I, I think it's a lot. Scarier to to ram each other at forty miles an hour. These guys, it's like that Seattle race where Ward and uh, Larry—that's Larry Ward and and Chicken—are ramming each other. Yep. I, I swear it was a walking pace. Uh, they were at a walking pace without ramming into each other. They kind of were. Walking yeah. the track, a yeah. photographer probably was going was moving faster than
3: right, them. right. And Tishner so, can't catch him. And Tishner can't catch him. Right still right. can't. <laughs>
0: It, just, it doesn't make sense. He's, like, five seconds back the whole time.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, you can hear talking to Stanton and Bradshaw about that era and, and Wardy about the kids and everything else, um, that these, this was sort of the the start of it, of it, you know what I mean?
0: I thought you had Stanton. Um, don't you have a clip of Stanton talking about, like, Bradshaw was actually cool to him, but not anybody else?
3: Well, actually, Ouija and I got the clips mixed up. We played this clip about Stanton talking about the kids, Way earlier in the show. But here's a clip where I asked Jeff about racing in the 90s and how competitive it was and how different it was from, say, 1993 until really till probably now. Um, let's listen to Jeff now.
4: People look back say, oh, the 90s were great. Because there were seven different
3: winners. And there really there was back back in the
4: day. I don't know, you can tell me how many race winners there were that year, but there had to be close to six or seven. You can't substitute that 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 early nineties, middle nineties for uh, uh, before Jeremy took over for, for actual actual racing and, and, and fans fans having a great show. You know, anybody like I said, anybody that was on the last nineteen ninety Atlanta. And sit and watch that 20-lapper, and watch a 20-lapper now. they will be like, "Holy crap! What a difference!"
3: <laughs> All right, there, yeah, there it is. And 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 Damon, I didn't run the clip. Uh, I didn't clip it because Bradshaw. It was a, almost word for word. Bradshaw said the same thing about Jeff and talking about riding rough and everything else so
0: um, yeah strange they would have these epic battles but they wouldn't touch each other but if yeah. Bradshaw was in five feet of anybody else <laughs> was, they were going down it
3: was go time right
0: yeah I don't know I don't know it was I guess some sort of respect thing? And, remember when you did a JMB pod years ago <laughs> you asked JMB what he thought of Bradshaw yep
3: yeah he uh he I said what did you think of those guys and everything else and and he said uh Jeff was fine uh, I do not like Damon Bradshaw <laughs> that was basically what, Bale, I should have clipped that. This was, I do not like Damon Bradshaw.
0: I do not like Damon Bradshaw. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, yeah, it, uh, it was funny back then how, how it was. But, yeah, I mean, this this was the start of, I I, I think you're off a little bit, Weege, in saying that this was the gnarliest block passing year. This was the s- start of something that escalated, I think, and it might have ended up with Emig kicking LaRocco in the ribs.
0: Well, yeah, I'm just saying this is the peak of the the, 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 the era of, yep. hey, if the 80s were known as the era where the guys did triathlons after the races.
3: Ah, uh, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Uh, yep, And if yep.
0: the 2000s were, the guys had so much money, they were flying private jets. Like, this is just the era of dude block passing each other hard.
3: Yep, yep, it's all starting here, for sure. Yep, yeah, and, and, yeah. and you're right about that.
0: So. Um, what's crazy to me is, um, when you see these guys at moments, like, RJ was coming on, and then he gets hurt. So I'm like, okay, 91, he'll be back, and then he'll start winning again. And you know that Chicken was going to be awesome. And you knew that Brad Show was going to be awesome. And you knew that Bale was going to be awesome. And you're like, this is the roadmap is laid out, especially because these guys are so young, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It's just mind-boggling to me that three years later, yeah. a dude who wasn't even part of this just, <laughs> just killed everybody. And then yep. that was it. They were all locked out. Like, none of you guys are going to win titles or races ever. Ever. I'm going to win all of them.
3: <laughs> no, I know. One of the biggest what-ifs is what if Bale hadn't left after ninety two. In ninety two he didn't had one foot out the door, was still winning some races, wasn't as uh, competitive as as he had been. But what if he was still into it?
0: He could have I mean he still could have won the title in ninety two. He was in the oh, yeah. whole way Absolutely. without even really trying. Yep. And literally Bale left to go road racing yep. and they're like, Well, we got this McGrath guy, so we'll give him that ride. He's taking Bale's place.
3: And how much of Bradshaw's crappy ninety three was due yeah. to um Burnout, and how much of it was him riding as well as ever, but just Jeremy that much better. We'll never know. You know, Bradshaw said he didn't care that much; his results weren't there. Yep. But what if his path to the to a win was easier? Yes. We'll never I, know.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's just amazing how McGrath had no momentum. There was no re like no reason for this to happen. He was just that superior, where he just made it happen. You know. I don't think anyone was going in 93 thinking, what are they, how are they going to stop this kid? Yep. Maybe he did. But it wasn't inevitable. He just yeah. made it happen no,
3: anyway. No, 93, much like 90 was supposed to be R.J. and Wardy, 93 we were going to see Stanton and Bradshaw again.
0: Yeah, if you watch the 93 opener, um, I think Bradshaw gets like second and
4: yep. or whatever, they kind of struggle, yep.
0: Stanton and Bradshaw on the TV show, they literally say, but they don't really care who wins the race because they just know the title's going to be between each other, so they just need to beat each other. Right. There are no factors. Yeah. There's no one else that will even be
3: Yeah. And then uh, Jeremy wins round three, I think it is, and it's over.
0: Yeah, pretty much doesn't stop for 10 years. <laughs> um, it just, I mean, when you lived this 90 season, I mean, I read these stories over and over. I watched these races over and over. Like, these guys were so built up as these are the ultimate. It just... It didn't seem possible. No. That it it didn't seem possible that Matasevich would never win another race.
3: Nope. Didn't seem possible. Nope. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yep. Um, what is he, what a year? What a season. Well, um, yep. hope you hope everybody enjoyed this Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protex. Thanks to Wardy and Chicken and Stan and Bradshaw for doing this. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I bug those guys a lot and uh, I appreciate them giving me a little bit of time. And also, thanks to me for really clipping this thing and putting this thing together and building it, because it was a lot of work.
0: Well, once again, you tell a young Steve Mathis in 1990 that someday you'll just be able to call these guys whenever.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just ring them up. Yep.
0: Ask them, you got a question? Just ring them up.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. Bradshaw even apologized to me for not getting back sooner.
0: <laughs> like, think about this is, I don't know, there's some sport you like. What do they do? They play it on ice, right? Yeah, it's called hockey. Yeah, like... You're not just calling the great one, being like, you know, I, I got a question. 88 yeah. Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third period. Can I ask you a couple questions about that?
3: Right. No, I know. That's what this is. Although I have talked to some of those guys with my Paul Pocky podcast. I have talked to guys that, I mean, not Gretzky, but guys that I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm talking to you. So.
0: Yeah, but right now I think it's under the guise of, this is a dude that does a podcast. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. At this point, you it's like the old speed dial term. Yeah, like you can call six time at any time.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. You should have heard <laughs> six time in nice conversation after I stopped recording talking about current riders. Oh god, it was great. Oh, um, but oh. Uh, it was Those it was a, talk. it was a great it was a great year. Ninety was a great yeah. year. Uh, good looking bikes, good looking gear. And R.J. and Wardy and Osho, the last gas of the great eighty warriors, eight, 1980s warriors, you know?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: And, uh, man, yeah, that was good. So.
0: Yep. Watch the videos, folks. Watch yep. Throttle
3: for the Gold on YouTube. Watch the races. It's fantastic. Uh,
0: watch Atlanta 90. Just watch Atlanta 90. You owe it to yourself, <laughs> yeah, people.
3: Absolutely. And poor guy, Cooper.
0: Yep, poor no guy. wins ever.
3: No. Uh, chicken, <laughs> and Chicken made sure of finished him off in uh, San Jose 92, 91. When did chicken? Oh, I think it was
0: ninety-one. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> chicken made sure that Cooper's wasn't
0: got it right. Yeah. Got it in the bag. Mm-hmm. And chicken just takes him out in the last lap.
3: <laughs> and Dubok and Duboc wins.
0: <laughs> Doug Dubok wins. Oh yeah, man. yeah. It's funny these things popping up when you look through these random results. I see uh, East Rutherford and Foxborough, nineteen ninety. Some rando privateer John Dowd gets seventeenth and eighteenth. His first two Supercross races ever. Never one twenty-five? Nah. Yeah. Nah, I'm just going to jump in 250s, some, yep. some random Southwick local. <laughs> it's weird how these guys pop in and out yeah. throughout this time.
3: Yeah, know, yeah. absolutely. And by yeah. the way, sneaky, sneaky Anaheim 190 main event rider, Jason Upshaw. Oh, yeah. He yeah. got in, right? Was he the LCQ guy? Yeah, I think so. Number 53 so. privateer guy. Like, like Kind of like, remember Tapia made Anaheim 1 main a ye- couple years ago.
0: Upshaw, I thought Upshaw made a couple, though.
3: No, he, he did. Was, no, yeah. he did. He had a good, but he was a sneaky good, like, total privateer that year.
0: Jason Upshaw, yeah, 19th in Vegas. Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that. Yep. But um, the factory teams were pretty big back then. There weren't a lot of privateers in these main events.
3: No, no, absolutely. They were running
0: three and four guys. What was up with that? What were they spending all this money for?
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just spend it all on one guy, and hopefully, and hopefully in, the, in, the most, in the most dangerous sport ever, he doesn't get hurt.
0: Yeah, 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 and then we we'll go scrambling for replacements. Right. Um, yeah, Team Honda had Kudrowski, Stanton, JMB, and RJ.
4: Yeah.
6: What, what the hell? Right.
0: What yep. is up with
6: that? I don't know.
0: Uh, glory days.
3: And RJ, uh, and so Chicken, Wardy, Osho, and then Ron Lachine, according to the Chicken, was also well, on the team.
0: Chicken is wrong because they obviously weren't racing with them that year. Yeah. But. I think Lachine just like Lachine probably would have been on the team if he wasn't hurt, right? They didn't, yeah, yeah. None of those guys are replacing him. No, I think. Well, I think
3: that no Osho. I think they Got Osho over cuz of Ronnie. Oh,
0: they wouldn't have signed Osho if they no, still not Ronnie. No, bl- I
3: don't believe so. Oh, okay. I don't all believe right. so. So. Um uh, yep. all, all right and then, and Wardy would have been stuck with Ronnie and Chicken.
0: Oh, god. <laughs> oh god. Uh thank god he had We did hear that it was Warty that was going to bat to get O'Mara on the team, and I think we yep. now know why.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Well, h- thanks for listening. Really enjoyed this walk down memory lane. And thank you, Weech. Thanks for the time, um, and uh, thank you, everybody. All right.
1: Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show.
4: like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did
7: anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven time, Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad,
4: like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do.
2: Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the year.